I, um, I watched a conference recently, and this has nothing to do with my sermon. I watched a conference recently, and they did this segment where they brought all the ministers on the, the stage, and they set them on couches, and they like had question and answers with them. And that seems normal in today's culture. I haven't seen a conference where they haven't done that lately. But to me, when I was watching it, the Holy Spirit pricked my heart and said, yeah, there's where it's all about. It's about them being on the stage and people wanting to know more about them and their lives. And listen, I want you guys to know about me and Bethany. I try to keep, you know, as much as I, I probably preach too much about our family. But America, we've made it about men. And it's about the move of the Holy Spirit. And so hopefully you guys um, feel that way with me. And I, I think this morning was well needed. I felt like God just wrapped us in his arms. And uh, I, I felt like I was walking on cloud nine. Um, of course, you know the devil's out there lurking, ready to knock you back down. So we'll keep fighting. Amen. Hebrews 12. It says, For you are not coming to the mount that might be touched, and that burned with fire, nor into blackness and darkness and tempest, and the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words, which voice that heard and treated that word should not be spoken to them anymore. For they could not endure that which was commanded, and if so much as a beast touched the mountain, it shall be stoned, are thrust through with a dart. And so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I exceedingly feared and quaked. But you, us, are coming to Mount Zion and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and to the church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. Hallelujah. See then that you refuse not him that speaks. We all there? <laughs> See then that you refuse not him that speaks. For if, if they escape not who refused him that spake on the earth, much more shall we escape if we turn away from him that speaks from heaven whose voice then shook the earth. But now he has promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. Yes, Lord, shake the heavens. And this word, yet once more, signifies the removing of those things that are shaken, as of things that are made, that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Wherefore we receive a kingdom. And this is my text. Wherefore we receive a kingdom which cannot be moved. My tra the translation I read says, we've received a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Let us have grace, whereby we may serve God acceptantly with fear and godly, I mean with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We love you, God. We praise you. I pray for your mighty anointing, O oh God. We thank you for your mercy that you showed us today. We thank you for your move, oh God, and your refreshing that came. God, we expect you to speak to us tonight. God, open our hearts. God, I pray for every person that's fatigued. I pray you open up their spirit. Let us receive from you tonight and let us go home changed. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Put verse 28 back up. For wherefore we receive a kingdom, wherefore, inside of everything we just read, we receive a kingdom 
that shall not be moved. Tonight I want to talk to you for a few minutes about the kingdom of God. If you read, you can put that down, Ben. If you read the book of Matthew, it refers to, it never says the kingdom of God. It might say it a few times, but most of the time it says the kingdom of heaven. It's the only place in the entire Bible that you're going to see the phrase kingdom of heaven. Every other time it's referred to as the kingdom of God. It is the exact same word. It's the exact same translation. So don't get confused there. The kingdom of God is the same as the kingdom of heaven. It's a plug and play word. Matthew, there's a reason we had to sit through all those classes and learn why who Matthew's audience was and why he was referring that word. and why just, It doesn't matter. Just know this. The kingdom of God is here. The Bible says that we've received a kingdom that cannot be shaken. That means no matter what faces us as believers, no matter what comes our way, if you wake up tomorrow, I heard a girl the other day that wasn't a believer, and I just happened to overhear her say, you know, your life can be going so smooth and so perfect, and all it takes is one phone call, and your whole day, maybe your whole week, and everything is ruined. And I thought, I mean, that's a true statement. But if you're a believer, nothing you hear, nothing that happens to you, for you have received a kingdom that cannot be shaken. That what the kingdom of God, Jesus, it says that multiple times that Jesus preached one thing only. He repeats the gospel of the kingdom of God. What does that mean? We have become citizens of heaven. We are now into a kingdom that cannot be touched with hands. And that with that king, kingdom, and we are now citizens of heaven, we read, we have power, we have authority. How many believers do you really see anymore have power and authority? I'm going to read a few scriptures. Listen, we have limited. That's why I was saying that about these conferences and these things. We have made it where it's about only ministers and men are experiencing the power of God. You heard Ed Wilson this morning. And when I was raised, what made us excited about church was that God was using us out there. And therefore, when we came in here, we were jacked up. We were so excited. We knew if he's doing it out there, we're in Father Abba, Father's house. He's really going to show up because this is his place. But now I see this thing where we make our daily lives. Listen, when's the last time you prayed for somebody? Boy, the crickets are loud. When's the last time you knew the kingdom of God was in your heart? You heard Ed say this morning he prayed with a sick lady. Listen, he was not a pastor then. You know, he said today he used to hate Don and Papa. And people, I was like, I bet you some people aren't understanding that story. And I was like, that might need a little clarification. I was like, he was a sinner. And his wife was coming to their church. And she, they were messing up his dance nights on Saturday night because she quit dancing because she got saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. And that's why he didn't like it. So I was like, I might want to clear that up. <laughs> he, he's, so Papa actually baptized Ed in Rock Creek in February, by the way. I don't know if you know that. It was freezing cold. So please don't ask me to baptize you in Rock Creek in February. But listen, I just want you to look at a couple of things. Matthew eleven twelve. it says, And from, that, the days, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, but the violent take it by force. Read that. We have been given a kingdom that's not shaken and sometimes we have become so timid 
that we refuse to stand up against the enemy and say, hey, sometimes the devil's going to swing on you. There are going to be times that we're going to suffer violence. People are going to attack us. And listen, nowadays, you can put that down. Nowadays, the attack that's on most of the believers is in between their ears. The devil has waged war on the church of Jesus Christ in between their ears. Look, I'm telling you, I can be preaching away and filling the anointing, and you can look out in a crowd, and you can see people are like saving Private Ryan. A bomb just went off, and they're shell-shocked. You know, it makes that high pitch, and they're like this. That's how a lot of believers look. They've been getting rocked, and they're not arming themselves. They're not ready. They don't have the sword of the Spirit and the helmet of salvation and the breastplate of righteousness on and the devil swinging on them. Listen, you can get so caught up in poor, pitiful me. This is happening to me. The, the devil's doing this. I hear people all the time talk about the political climate and what's going on in the world, and they have almost made it where we as believers have no voice. We have a voice. We've always had a voice. We are part of a kingdom. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the kingdom that we stand for. We do have a voice. We do have a right to stay. Listen, you have a right in your own family to proclaim that the kingdom of God has come into our house. And this is our house and it belongs to God. It's part of his kingdom. He defends our house. And you don't have to take that garbage. If you're not thinking kingdom-minded, though, you might have some places in your house that you're letting the enemy in. See, a kingdom has walls. A kingdom has gates. If you're not thinking about the kingdom, see, when you watch those movies that you know are wrong, let them in. you're letting them in. Boy, I'm telling y'all, we got a cricket problem. I might have to call the exterminator. Yeah, when you do those things in your house that you don't think anybody sees. See, he took Ezekiel from the church to the houses of people in a vision. And he let them say, he said, they do in secret, but they don't know I see all. You say, man, I don't know why the devil's attacking me so much. It might be that you've let him in your house. I was reading about these missionaries in China. And these kids had never heard the gospel before. And these kids started getting filled with the Holy Spirit. And this missionary was leading them to the Lord. And there would be times at night where they would literally get up. And he said they would literally, he would hear these kids screaming in Chinese the name of Jesus. And they would be driving demonic forces out of their place. They have no right there. I told y'all joking sometimes that I can come home sometimes and I can see Crisco on every doorpost. There's a finger on every doorpost where she's anointed it. It's the kingdom of God. The devil has no right in our home. Sometimes the best thing to do when arguing's happening all the time is to stop and realize even though they're your spouse, you're not wrestling against flesh and blood. It could be your kids. And no matter what it is, stop and say we don't wrestle against flesh and blood and the kingdom of God has to come through you. Does this make sense? You got to watch what you let into your house. You got to watch what you let in on the job. You got to watch when you joke. You're the kingdom. You're the representative. Look at this, Romans 14, 17. These are two, two of my favorite verses I'm about to read you. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Now, how do you know that the kingdom of God's in you? You have righteousness, you have peace, 
I'm telling y'all, I don't see a lot of people with peace anymore. I don't. I don't see us believing that we have a kingdom that cannot be shaken. That, that he said, I'm wounded on every side. I'm distressed, but I'm, I'm not shaken. Paul's like, hey, they've beat me. Hey, I have a fear I'm going to die. Read Romans, I mean, first, Second Corinthians 1. He's like, I fear nine to death. But then he writes and says, he has delivered me. He is delivering me. And he shall deliver me. See, even in your fear, which is a normal human response, the Holy Spirit that's inside of you will remind you, hey, David, there's a bear and there was a lion. Who cares? This uncircumcised Phyllis, who is he? I wanted to preach so bad on Elijah hiding from Jezebel. I think a lot of God's people have picked a cave or a juniper tree and they've laid down. And you might hear some more of this Sunday morning, next Sunday morning. But I think they've kind of picked, pulled up a rock. And I thought it was funny. The angel had to nudge him because he had gone to sleep in his fear. I think a lot of believers are so scared and don't realize greater is he that's in us than he that's in this world. You have to activate your faith. You have to. It's, it's, but go back. Do I have the kingdom of God in my life? Do I have righteousness? Not my righteousness, but the righteousness that comes from Jesus Christ. Am I made, you say that's a Christian word, it's a church word, and it really is. What does it mean, really? All it means is, is you are definitely outside of what God calls acceptable, and through Jesus Christ, all righteousness means is you are made right. You are in right standing with God. It's as if you never sinned, you have been justified. So by the blood, the kingdom tells you you've been bought with a price. You're righteous. Now, do you have peace? I don't know. Do you have peace? Maybe you need to tell God you want his kingdom back in your life. See, your brain should go to scriptures that you know. That's my job is just to remind you. Seek you first what? And all his righteousness. Seek first the kingdom. What does that mean? You got to seek it before you seek anything else. It means because he read and he said, hey, I forgot. Jesus is talking to him. He's like, hey, the lilies of the field, do they think or worry or have any anxiety? Doesn't God just clothe them with beauty and splendor? He's like, oh, and the birds. Now, do they get up and worry about finding food or where they're going to launch? He's like, are you not worth more than a billion birds? And that's when he says, stop worrying and not having peace about this kingdom, this world. Listen, and start to seek God's kingdom. Listen, I'm telling you, the majority of believers, whether they'll admit it or not, the majority, there's some that aren't, are bored to tears because they don't realize that if you only have a relationship with God that's active and alive on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, you are bored. The kingdom of God is alive. The kingdom of God moves you out there. You're a representative of Jesus Christ everywhere you go. I loved what Ed said. We're supposed to let people just boast in the goodness of Christ through our life. Seek first the kingdom. That is not for like teaching the kids. Listen, we better be teaching the kids that. But the adults need to read that again too. What are you seeking? Well, if you're seeking, how am I going to pay the bills and how am I going to do this? Listen, you put it in his hands and you watch him work. You belong to God. You belong to his kingdom. Amen. 
And then here's the third one. So uh, do you have righteousness? Do you have peace? Oh, man, here's the big one. Do you have joy in the Holy Ghost? I don't know about you, but I felt some of the joy of the Holy Spirit this morning. I, I felt like God came in here this morning and said, it's time for me to remind you that, man, I'm all over this place. But you can have that joy on Monday. You can have that joy on Tuesday. We used to sing a song, this joy that I have. The world didn't give it to me. The world didn't give it, and the world can't take it away. People used to get excited about it. Because I used to think about, man, I remember when I met Jesus. I, now that I've met him, I've cast my cares on him so he cares for me. And man, in his presence is what? Fullness of joy. And I'm just like taking it in a, like a poll tonight. Are we full of joy? Do we really believe that we're in a kingdom that cannot be shaken? And this is my second favorite verse about the kingdom. 1 Corinthians 4.20. For the kingdom of God is not in a word. It's in power. We've rewritten this in the 20th century, 21st century church and said, the kingdom of God is all about talk and sermons. And it's not. It's in power. That does not mean for preachers only. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. I better call the preacher. This guy that I know needs some immediate prayer. Listen, call us because we're going to pray. But the same Jesus that the preacher calls on, you can call on. The same kingdom of heaven that sets people free and the captives free. That's why Jesus kept saying, go Google search in just the gospels. How many times Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is here? Go tell them. John was so discouraged. Matthew 11, I don't know if I gave it to you. It doesn't matter. John is so discouraged. Listen, John represents the church. Maybe I did give it to you. That's a, it's a different part. It's, it's earlier. It's fine. Uh, Matthew 11, if you want to go back and read, starting in verse 1 through like 5 or 6. John's in prison. Now, John's done all these wonderful works. And he sends his disciples to Jesus and says, ask him if he's the one. Well, wait a minute. You knew he was the one. You actually said he's going to baptize you in the Holy Ghost and with fire. But he got discouraged. And I think a lot of us are discouraged. And I think a lot of us get to a place where our faith is being tested and we're in our walk. Listen, Jesus even says there was no greater born of woman than John the Baptist. And he's laying in prison after he's baptized and converted all these people. And he's seen Jesus do all this. He's like, listen, we've seen Jesus do a lot of things. We've seen Jesus do a lot of things for us. And we get in the warfare and we get in the fight. And he's like, hey, go ask him, do we need another one? And he says, you go back and tell John. That the blind will see, the dead are raised, the lame are raised, and the kingdom of God has come to earth. Go tell John the kingdom of God is here. Some of you are discouraged. You need to listen to me tonight. The kingdom of God is here. God's power is still with you. God, Jesus didn't reprimand him at all. He just simply told him, it's the kingdom has not shifted. It cannot be shaken. I don't care how much your world shakes. If the kingdom of God is inside of you and you belong to God, you cannot be shaken. Boy, the waves can get up to your mouth. 
But you just got to know I'm not going to die. That's why so many people love that scripture and it's so beautiful that, hey, though you walk through the waters, they're not going to overflow you. Though you're in the fire, you're not going to smell like smoke. That's an amazing God we serve. I love that verse. You know what it tells me, Ronine? We're not one of these that everything's going to go good religions. It's like, hey, you're going to walk right through the middle of fire. You're going to be in the middle of it. And you're going to do what everybody else tries to do. And you're going to try to turn to your friends in the middle of the fire. And you'll find out that there's certain fire you walk through. Nobody's going to help you. He said, man, David said, my own kin forsook me. They didn't forsake you. God was teaching you who your source is. Because until you figure out that, listen, it's okay when you're in the infancy stage to need somebody else as a believer. And we all need each other. Get what I'm saying. But there comes a time where you got to know how to connect with God. There comes a time where you got to stand on the word that he gave you. There comes a time where you got to say, man, this world is falling apart. You got to say like Job, though he slay me, I trust him. Though he takes me out, I'm going to heaven. I trust him. That's what he's trying to get us to understand. That listen, even when the shaking happens, the devil cannot do anything to a believer. Because even if he kills a believer, it's a promotion. Think about it. You cannot damage the kingdom of God inside every believer here. Kill them. Sure. You just send them to heaven forever. They win. No matter what happens to a believer. Now listen, it's easy to preach that when nothing bad's happening. <laughs> but it's still true. You, that's, this is why I think we miss it sometimes. The reason that God gives us sermons like this is so that we'll put this in and apply it when the feelings are gone. You cannot depend on your feelings. You say, well, I know that. Yeah, we'll stop depending on them. Right? I was going to give you some scripture that probably wasn't too happy, but I think I'm going to. Just bear with me. I've got more scripture tonight probably than I've ever had, and that's a good thing. We need more scripture. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 and 10. Look at the kingdom of God. Know you not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't be deceived. Huh. Now, hey, who's he writing to in the Corinthians? Is he writing to the world? Oh, he's writing to the church. Does that tell you that people in the church can think they're in the kingdom of God and not be? Tells me that. Be not deceived. Fornicators, idolaters. Listen to me. You can say what you want to right here, and you're not going to like this. I even had a person tell me one time they wish I would shut up about it, and it makes me want to preach it that much more. But... If Alabama football or Auburn football is your idol, you have a problem with this scripture. If you get more jacked up about a football game than you do the fact that we're all going to heaven and that we have power to watch our family members and friends in this world turned upside down for Jesus, you have an idol. It's always amusing to me, always has been since I was 19 and got rededicated. I went on this football fast for like three years. When I first found God, I was like, nope, I don't want it. Because it's crazy around the South. It's absolutely insane. You know how many preachers say, well, you know, we wish we could really do this outreach. But, you know, it's Saturday and Alabama's playing somebody. It's Saturday and Auburn's playing somebody. And let me tell you what they do. 
Because I've been young and dumb and done it too. What you do is you say, we're going to have it anyway. And they don't show up. I promise it happens all the time. And then you're like, well, I guess they win. Because why would you have something and not show up? It's an idol. It's an idol that's not talked about in church a lot. Can you have everything in moderation? Absolutely. Can you watch a game with your friends and enjoy it? Sure you can. But man, when it gets a hold of you and you get more excited about that than you do church, this is not just some kind of saying to try to make us feel bad. We need to get the idols out. Thank God three people said amen. We need to deal with the idols. Nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind. I'm not going to go there. You can figure that out. Nor thieves, nor covetous. Man, don't we have to watch being covetous? If our kingdom, if the kingdom of heaven's here and we're seeking those things that are above, not the things that are below, isn't it crazy how much we want new cars, new houses, new clothes, new Covetous will just grab you. Now, did I lose y'all because we're just reading scripture? Okay, good. Drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. So he says, don't be deceived. If you've got some of these problems, you've got to repent. And you've got to get back right because you can't go into the kingdom of God just however you please. Who said all of this? I didn't. The Bible did. Verse 11. I didn't give him this, so let me finish. And such were some of you. Hallelujah. But you are washed, but you are sanctified, but you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Yes. It didn't just stop there, right? Let me show you one other one. 1 Corinthians 15, 50. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither does corruption inherit incorruption. I just want to put that in there. What is that saying? If you're not born again, you're not making it. You say, this is elementary. I don't know that this is elementary. You have to be born again to get into the kingdom of God. You say, man, you're preaching to the Sunday night church. We're all here. No, God gave me this. I'm telling you, he had been dealing with me about Elijah and I thought I was preaching Elijah tonight, and I really wanted to preach Elijah tonight, and I could not shake this. You have to be born again. I know, I'm telling you, I can tell you so many stories. When you drill down, Austin has the stomach bug, and he's not here, but I love Austin because Austin loves to talk to people, and he loves to, when they say a biblical, you can put that down, when he gives them this answer of, well, I'm saved, and I got saved, and this, like, and he just simply asks them, well, how'd you know you got, how do you know you're saved? You'd be amazed how many people couldn't tell them how they knew they were saved. In Pentecostal churches, you'd be amazed how many people, you say, well, how do you know you're saved? Well, I faithfully attend, I give my tithe, that has nothing to do with anything. Nothing. Can you remember when old you went down and new you came up? If you can't remember, now listen, my granddad can tell you like date, time, everything. I can't do that. But I can tell you this. It was cold outside, and I think it was the month of December in 1998. And I know this, though. 
When I went down to that altar, three hours later when I got up, the man that came in the back of that door, Brother Hank, was not the man that got up. His friends didn't want to be around him because he was a new friend. I lost a lot of friends. See, that's what happens. People want to come to church and they want to get the feel good of God and the benefit. Listen, look, you could have looked across the sanctuary this morning. Where are they? <laughs> they got a feel good touch. Where are they? It's a good question, isn't it? Boy, they got that feel good. It felt great in here. I'm telling you, you would have almost had to be demon possessed to not get blessed today. The water was flowing. The river of God was flowing. I felt a power hit me, and I said, what is this? And I looked behind me, and Chastity's on the ground, and I was like, God is sweeping the house with power. And you get that feel good, and that's an illusion. That is not salvation. That is not, listen, anybody, I'm telling you, you would literally almost have to be a dead corpse to not feel God today. He's almighty father. And it's deceptive. No, you got to have a walk with him. You got to know him. He's got to know you. You know, I read it all the time in the first teaching that Jesus said, and he said, hey, I'm going to look at you and say, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. And so a lot of people read that and think, oh, well, they were never saved. They were just acting in church. That's definitely not right. The word knew there means intimately. As Adam knew Eve to create life, a lot of Christians are not knowing God anymore because there's no life in their life. Everything God does in the physical has a spiritual implication. When we connect with, we are the bride. When we connect with God, life should come forth. There should be changes in our life. There should be changes in the way we talk, in the way we act. There should be a witness in our life. How many of us, just to be honest, I told you this morning, when Chastity hit the floor, the Holy Spirit reminded me, he said, I let you hear that man say, all God wants is honest believers. Just be honest with him. And it just shot in my heart. Some of us need to be honest tonight and say, I've let myself off the hook for witnessing. I don't ever talk about God. I don't ever talk about him. Now, some of you are like, I talk about him all the time. That's awesome. You can, I, you can eat from the fruit of your life. There are many of you in here, when just talking to you, you can eat that fruit that you've plowed with the Lord. I'm thankful for it. But there's times where if you don't have a freshness, don't let yourself off the hook. Tell God, I want to be a witness. I want to be part of your kingdom. I want to advance the kingdom of God. If you read it, he says we translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. They are taking advantage of. In Timothy, he said, Satan is binding people. And we've believed in the church. Well, they don't want to hear the Christian message. They were made by God and for God. That is a true statement. I don't care how deep in sin they are. Jesus Christ is who they are craving. They were made for him. The deeper in sin, the deeper the desire. Witness at all times and only use words where necessary. Show me one person in Acts. Some man made that quote. And show me one person in Acts that just decided, I'm just going to sit quiet. I'm just going to be a happy employee. 
I mean, do you mean times the Roman guard had to come save Paul because he stood up in the square? Hey, how shall they know if there's not a preacher? How shall they know if someone's not sent? You've been sent to your job to be the mouthpiece of God. Well, I'm just going to live it in front of them. How's that working out for you? Well, I've been there seven years. How many souls you led to the Lord? Uh, zero. I would change my game plan. I know this ain't crazy screaming preaching, but sometimes we just need to sit down, pull up to the table, and have a little family discussion. We need the kingdom of God. When he moves like he did today, it's not so we just get an overflow. Thank God for the overflow. But it's so we get stirred up and want to go out there. I loved hearing about Ed Wilson breaking in a church to get it going. I love that. You might not. I did. I thought we need some more people with some zeal. Galatians 5.21. I got two more scriptures, y'all, and I'm going to let you go. You know that means absolutely nothing. <laughs> did I give you all the whole verse? I might not have. Anyways, it says envyings and murders and drunkenness and revelings and such like. By the way, revelings, you need to look it up. If every time people come around you, all you do is talk garbage, you're a reveler. You need to stop. If people love to come to you for revelings, stop. The kingdom of God talks gospel, not revelings. Of which I tell you before, as I've told you in the time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. I'm telling you, I'm reading, there was a whole list before that that I missed. I'm telling you, that's his envyings. Well, oh yeah, I kept, and now the works of the flesh, there you go. Let's start at the top and let's go through it. Now the works of the flesh are manifested, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry. I think we've covered this before, haven't we? Witchcraft. What is rebellion? Ooh-wee. Uh-oh. New Testament. I thought it was grace. Do you realize that New Testament's way harder than Old Testament? In the New Testament, it says, if you have hate in your heart towards your brother, you're a murderer. New Testament's a wholly different standard. Thank God Jesus Christ is this. I'm not trying to preach a condemnation message. Listen, if you have rebellion in your heart, you're not in the kingdom of God. The Bible says not only do we submit to authority, do we submit to each other. Ain't nobody telling me what to do. Which, that's what that is. It's exactly what that is. I'm a kingdom of God, but you know I'm going to do it my way and only my way. Oh, I feel a resistance. We're going to preach right here. I don't want to submit. Do I need to read that husbands should love their wives like Christ loved the church and wives should do what? Do y'all feel any submission being preached from, do you not hear the whole message of the women's rights movement telling women to just absolutely rebel and we're wondering why homes are completely in confusion? And if you think I mean any way twisting these scriptures, a man cannot abuse his wife with that scripture if he submits to his part. If he loves her like Christ, Christ has never manipulated me. Christ has never controlled me. 
There's a spirit out there. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. Nobody. You know where I find most rebels? They're probably about 45 and they're working at Burger King. And they've, most of them have had 35 jobs on their resume because they all, they, look at them. Just go look at them. They never dealt with rebellion in their whole life. And they go work for somebody. Guess what you have to do when you work for somebody? What you don't want to do. Every day. They're going to tell you to do something. You know what you do when you're a rebel? You ain't telling me what to do. They walk off the job. Guess what they do next? They go to the next one. Guess what happens at the next job? They're so happy about. Somebody's going to tell them to do something that they don't want to do. Welcome to the world. The Bible actually says we obey. That's why when you see all of these movements of kids dumping water on police officers and you see them spitting at authority and spitting at our military and spitting at our... There's those kids, I pity them. It's demonic. The church has not risen up and reached these kids and told them, no, the kingdom of God is submission. We submit to the authorities put over us. We submit to authority. We don't attack authority. I saw those kids running those cops out of their neighborhood. And I thought, how? That's the devil. Because if I'm the police officer, they call me and say, hey, somebody's breaking in my house. Pour some water on them. How silly is it? These people are protecting me. It's because, I'll tell you how silly it is, because it's not just in the world, it gets in the church, it gets in our families, and there's a rebellion. We have to be careful. All of us, this is not a sermon that hits a few people. It's all of us. We have to get the kingdom of God in our life, and we have to get submission again. We have to submit under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt us in due time. Ed Wilson hit something today, y'all, and I promise you I'm closing. He said something today that I thought, man, he needed to back up and rewind and go over that. He was showing us pinnacles of faith. He talked about the return of Jesus. He talked about salvation. He talked about sanctification. And he real quickly hit one, and everybody in here was like, yeah, thank goodness. He said obedience. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? And we, he just kept on going. I was like, no, we need to pump the brakes and back up. We need to start talking about that. Because when I was raised in church, there was always somebody, a youth pastor or somebody in my life saying, hey, are you being obedient to God? Are you being obedient? When he asks you to pray, are you yielding? See, that's part of rebellion. No, God, I would rather do it my way. I'd rather watch TV. I'd rather scroll Facebook. I'd rather do anything. But that's part of being a rebel. Submit yourself, the Bible says, under the mighty hand of God. God, I submit to you. I submit to you. Whatever you want to make me, make me, potter. You know that prayer? Oh, put me on the potter's wheel again. Work in me. I don't want to sit a pew anymore. I want you to use me. Where is that cry in the church? Use me, God. I don't want to just sit a pew. I want you to use me again. Humble yourself before him. Where is the obedience? It's not just going to witness to somebody at Walmart. I'm talking about the real obedience, the everyday level of yielding to the Holy Spirit. If we're in the kingdom, guess, that, guess what it means? The king has rule over us. He's a good king, by the way. 
Look at this, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresy. Y'all, I could tell y'all things that I've heard come out of churches in the last two years. Straight heresy. Straight heresy. I've never heard it. There's no fear of God behind pulpits. They, they, listen, I, I, they'll take a point that they want to make and they'll find 14 translations and 14 versions to get it to say exactly what they want it to say. That's not how this thing works. I, I put Matthew 7, 21, Ben, if you want to go there. It says, not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, so enter the kingdom of heaven. But he that does the will of my Father, which is in heaven. How cool is that? It lines up with obedience. And I definitely didn't have that as a point. <laughs> I got a question for you. Wake back up. I'm closing. Everybody. For real. Tonight. This was a tough one, okay? Sometimes it's a tough one. I want to talk about Elijah and about getting back up. And he prayed. And I want to get us pumped up. But listen, when God moved, he began to tell me this. If you're not doing the will of the Father, you're not in the kingdom. I, I didn't write that. I wish it wasn't so blunt. But it is. It says what it says. If you just know God in your word, I'm a believer. Yes, I know Jesus. We have these Christian euphemisms that make me want to vomit sometimes. We just say them over and over. I hear people, I'm blessed and highly favored and all they go on this rant about it. Listen, there's so many people that started that that mean it sincerely and there's so many people that have copied it that they've made it where the people in the world hear you say that, they run for their life. I know a guy right now that's backslidden and he mocks Christians with that saying, I'm blessed and I'm highly favored every time something happens to him. We, we make it about our words and not about what we're doing. I'm blessed by the best. I hear that stuff all the time. And I'm like, oh, man, that's, that's great. I'm glad you are. And probably if you say that stuff, good. But there's a lot of people that say it out there, and then five minutes later they cuss you out. Trust me. <laughs> we got to quit talking the talk. We got to walk it. I heard a guy say the other day, oh, favor ain't fair because he got something. And I thought, how oh, everybody in the room knows you're a Christian talking about you've got a blessing. Favor ain't fair. No, no, no. Favor is for all of us. You're making God seem like to people in the world he's got favorites. These little sayings, they drive me nuts. But we'll, we'll get off that. But you've got to ask yourself tonight, are you doing the will? Are you just saying, I know Jesus? Are you doing his will? I believe that I believe that we are. But we just need to take a second right here and make sure we are. Am I doing his will? Listen, you don't hear people talk about this anymore, but the Holy Spirit still calls us to fast. Yeah, I knew we were going to jump up and down about that. You got to do his will. There's sometimes that the Bible says these things come but by prayer and fasting. There's certain times where you're fighting the devil and you're going to have to fast. I, I, love, I love the fact that my mom 
has, I've seen that in her life, my whole life. If the devil comes after us, she takes the fasting. She afflicts her soul before God. Yeah, you guys are looking at me weird. It's part of obedience. You guys going to stone me in the end? I'm scared. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave it there. Everybody stand with me. Go look at how many parables tonight or tomorrow or the next day. Look at how many parables Jesus says the kingdom of God is like. I preach a sermon that Sonia Hallmark helped me get one time about the kingdom of God is like a man that threw his net out in the ocean and he pulled in all these fish and some were bad and I preach on what kind of fish are you? The kingdom of heaven is like a man that had a pearl of greatest price. He sold all that he had. And listen, I love the parable that Jesus said. He sold all that he had with joy. Do you know how many believers are like, I'm giving up everything. That's Peter. I've given up everything, Lord. Follow you. We've left it all. Don't we get that way sometimes? Lord, you know what all I've done? I love what Jesus said, though. He's like, hey, you haven't done anything that you're not going to get a hundredfold here in the world that is to come. That's what we're after. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. What does Jesus say next? Thy kingdom come. It was at the very forefront of Christ's mind. God, your kingdom has to come. I heard Bill Johnson from Bethel say one time, and listen, I don't agree with everything Bill Johnson says, so please don't tag me and lose this, but he said something that's really good. He said, in the kingdom of God, there's no sick people. He said, when we pray your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, heaven has no sick people. I don't know if you've ever thought about it, but we just kind of met it like it's like a chant almost. I'm reading a book right now called Pagan Christianity where we in America have taken a lot of things that aren't scriptural and add them to our church services and add them to our beliefs. We almost chant the Lord's Prayer. No, listen, like on earth as it is in heaven, there's no unbelievers in heaven. He wants to use you to every lost person around you to let heaven come in their heart. Please don't forget what it was like when he saved you. There was an old hymn that said, Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. All your friends deserve that. All your family deserves that. God on earth, He just wants us to be aware that we live in a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Oh, heaven come. I felt heaven today. It says he makes us sit in heavenly places. I felt like I sat in heaven for a little while today, Brother Hank. I went home today. I really, I think I was walking off the ground. I felt the power of God. I think God chastity obeyed him. It was one of them overflow blessings. I didn't even know what was going on. The next thing I know, I just felt like a wave come over me. And I turned around. I was like, what was that? And it was chastity yielding to the Holy Spirit. So tonight, I want us all to come down, just for a second. And I want us just to come down here, and as we sing a song, and just ask God to make us aware of his kingdom.
him be our king again. Oh, he's our savior. Oh, I'm so thankful he's my savior. Let him be your king. Lord, what do you want me to do today? I yield to you. I just yield to you today. Take all the rebellion out of me, God, today. I am a rebel by nature. It was in my great, 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 great grandfather, Adam. It's in me. Kill the rebel. That man had one thing not to do, and he rebelled against the one thing. He had it perfect. One tree. Do anything you want to on planet Earth, but this one thing, and that rebellion came up. It's at the core of us. That's why Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ. We got to kill that Adam. Amen? So come down if you want to.